Hey everyone, I'm Ivor, and I sometimes pee in the shower. You're nasty. You're <laughs> <laughs> so nasty. Where do you think it goes? On the floor and in the drain, where everything else goes, it goes into the you same pee space. You pee on your legs. <laughs> but I wash my legs, not oh like white people. <laughs> uh, welcome to This Is Fine. Hello, I'm DJ. I don't pee in the shower. <laughs> And um, did you watch, did you, you probably didn't watch the Grammys, but did you see the photos? Oh, I did see some of the Grammys. Oh my God. Just Beyonce. Just, it's just, yeah. I, I, that's all you have to say is just Beyonce. Trevor Noah's hosting was great. Yeah. I didn't see that much, but I do, I did see the part where Beyonce was like, <gasps> when he was like, wait, 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 Beyonce and, yeah. and Megan stay on stage. Beyonce is now the most awarded female um, artist. And then she was so shocked. Like she was like, oh, this wasn't part of the script. Yeah. And she gets really uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's kind of cool to see someone that is so revered and is so great at what they do, but that admittedly says she doesn't like speaking like on the stage. Mm-hmm. She hates that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's so weird. Like she's so shy and yet she's you see her human. on stage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's human. No, I think the best quote to come out of the Grammys was what would Beyonce do, but make it a little ratchet. Oh, Megan just mm-hmm. and I was so happy for Megan and someone posted on Twitter. <laughs> Beyonce could never. They said that Blue Ivy has a 100% like win rate and Beyonce only has a 37%. <laughs> I found that really funny. It's cute that um, Beyonce, I mean, Blue Ivy sent her mother to go collect her hardware, you know. What? Oh. Because she, wa- <laughs> she wasn't there. Yeah. They, couldn't, they couldn't bring children to the Grammys, honestly. Yeah. So that was quite a nice thing that happened, uh, despite How everything. How did that happen in the same <sighs> week span as everything else that had happened? Just, I, I don't know. Just And it came off kind of like when I, I saw on Twitter, like, you know how when Adele went on stage and she yeah. won her for best album in, you know, mm-hmm. 25 and she was like, oh, Beyonce, Lemonade was phenomenal. It's like, like how yeah. she was saying how that should have won. Yeah. If you as a white artist think that the black artist should have won, then give the award to them. Then step <laughs> down and give it to them. That would send the white voters of the academy, the old white men and the people that vote uh, among them. That would send the message to go, oh, hey, let's take this seriously when we say look at black art as opposed to look at white music. Mm. So anyway. I think it's like a very tragic connection, though, because of how like Minari, the the movie Mm. was Mm. received and then like how like highly praised that was. And then in the same week, there is this like hate crime against Asian Americans. And I don't think it's a coincidence in America. I think I don't think it is a coincidence. I don't think it was like pre-planned in this like grand illuminati kind of scheme yeah that's not what i mean when i think like oh it's not a coincidence but i just think asian people are now much mm. more exposed in media and are being um, given their flowers and their awards and their things as they should be as are black people and white people can't take that subconsciously they can't yeah there's this mentality or something that just like if you're not white, you're not allowed to feel safe. If and you're not white, you're not allowed to and prosper. seen and prosper. And be seen. Talk about being seen. Oh. With all the good that comes <laughs> and you just think, oh, finally, and then just one more thing that happens. Yeah. Just off the back of the Meghan Markle thing also. Yeah, I just 
I don't think it's a coincidence that we're seeing a lot more incidents of hate crimes, of violence against Asian people or Black people. Like, I know it's been an ongoing issue. So the people who have actually been directly experiencing it, the people around them have are like obviously known about the situation for a really long time. But for everyone else who hasn't directly or indirectly experienced that kind of oppression or hatred or violence, I can see how this is news to them because before there wasn't necessarily the same kind of platform or visibility for these issues the the visibility wasn't there but after last year the visibility just i mean the the awareness the knowledge of all of this all of this just shot up mm -hmm. and so too did the the white people who want attention and the performative allyship and this fake um woke is me type of shit that happens like for instance in my fucking group chat and the work that i fucking hate you know we all have to get tested um as you have right done. that's another thing right and so he was like um saying how it it's it's hard to not see this as something that's discriminating but you honey child you are a white man and for you to speak about discrimination or how you feel discriminated against for me i'm like it's the same thing as a bird like complaining about the wind i kind of agree with the government i kind of agree and i also understand why people feel discriminated against I would agree with him that this is discrimination because right. it's obviously singling out foreigners who live in Korea who aren't at any higher risk of having coronavirus. Mm. Maybe if they had restricted it to like the people who work in the same facility or the same area as the people who have been coming out positive, yeah. then it would actually make sense and it would be like a very more scientific reasonable measure to reduce the spread of infection right. blah 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 but by them saying all foreigners anywhere everywhere yeah all have to get tested that is just straight up discrimination the point where i disagree with him is this doesn't suddenly mean that you now understand completely what discrimination feels like yes and that because you have experienced this form of discrimination, you can't discriminate against others. That's I, still, you can still be racist. You can still be sexist, even if you do experience some kinds of discrimination. Exactly, yeah. Which goes nicely into our topic for the day, <laughs> intersectionality. <laughs> Which is has been a term that's become very popular yeah. these days, especially since last around. year. It's being thrown around a lot. And I think most people don't really understand what it is. I, I had a, a small understanding until mm -hmm. I had to do some research into it, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a <laughs> it's something that you experience as any type of someone that is not white and male and masculine. <laughs> if you're not a straight, white, masculine male, you don't experience any discrimination and where they intersect in different oh, types yeah. of discrimination. So Isn't like, that correct? Intersectionality is basically this idea or like framework for thinking about identity where it says you're not just a woman you're not just straight you're not just you know black you yeah. are these things combined and that the way they combine creates different forms of oppression or privilege for you yes which is why i use the example yeah. of a straight white and so masculine presenting exactly male. it's yeah. the way that your identity intersects happens to be that you're straight you're white you're 
male, you're cisgender, um, then you don't experience you're educated, any... you're able-bodied, then you don't really experience a whole lot of oppression or discrimination. No, discrimination. you may experience um, prejudice, but not discrimination. Exactly. I, you may experience someone like me who go, oh, fucking white people. And that is prejudice. That is me judging you mm-hmm. for just being white. Very different for me. That's from, that's different from discrimination yeah. because there's no there's no system based aspect to where they can't like go to a job interview and then not be judged for their own merits or they can't you know go to a bank and not be judged as someone who won't have good credit yeah just based off of the way you look exactly it's, it's like that jane elliott thing where she says you know um where they're in the room and testing i mean the uh, room blue eye people. brown eye yes, experiment but yeah. then yeah she did that experiment and then she was specifically you know obviously mean to the people that have blue eyes and they're most likely mm-hmm. white and so this one girl left and she's like, you've persecuted her. And you." she was crying, at, like angry and felt frustration at being discriminated against mm-hmm. and then left and then and then came back. And she's I like, remember. no, you, you can't do that. You see what you can do as a white person. You can leave the space in which you are, you f- feel you're being discriminated against or feel prejudiced against. And you can walk out that door and literally at the, bu- at the border where you walk out, the boundary there, then the rest of the world will not treat you that way. Black people, brown people, Asian people cannot do that. And that is the point. Yeah. Another gem yeah. from her experiment, from her her lectures, like her... Oh, yeah, her lectures, her, her talks. Her seminars, her talks. Yeah. Um, I remember a part where she asked the white people in the audience, like, would you knowingly, like, would you in your life right now willingly trade places with someone like a person of color like a black person anyone raise their hand if they want anyone who would raise their hand and then no one raises their hand and she's like well see it's because you know it's wrong deep down you know that you are treated better as a white person and you don't want to trade places and you can bring up any example to show that you're not it's kind of like i remember i think a friend of mine when he spoke about being lost in china he's a white man and he's being (laughs) i say that dismissive but it's important to know that this is a white man that he was lost in china and had no money or something and that he found his way back and that he was being helped or or i think he did get some kind of help and then i pointed out it's because you're white because you know that he's a man it's because you're a white male exactly if you were a a kenyan man stuck in china lost you think you'd get the same help you wouldn't i guarantee you wouldn't it has a lot to do your skin color has a lot to do with how you're treated if you were a white woman if you were a black woman asian woman do you think you would feel safe asking for help to get back to whatever place you needed to no just that feeling of of being safe alone oh my god yeah so that's basically what we what we're delving into with the whole Uh, intersectionality uh, thing (laughs) where do we start because okay so when i was doing like research and trying to really understand intersectionality i came across this thing that basically said that let's say you have a white woman and a black woman in um in the workplace mm-hmm. and the, and they have like what is it called like equality protection laws so the white woman would then under those laws see herself advanced and treated more fairly right mm-hmm. but the black woman has to deal with racism maybe she's uh let's say she's an older um disabled uh, lesbian black woman right then she has to deal with racism she has to deal with um ableism she has to deal with homophobia homophobia she has to deal with what else ageism all of that the equal the equality um laws protections only helps with one of those experiences for her 
but the rest is completely ignored, which is part of why intersectionality is so important. It's a different focus or it's a different kind of way of looking at things. Mm -hmm. More is brought to the center of like, how do we fix this? What issues are we looking at? So that people's different experiences that come from being human beings that are that have very like multifaceted identities the things that real people actually really experience like i know specifically my mom being a light-skinned colored woman like being a woman facing sexual harassment yes and then and then also the fact that she was light-skinned and not black enough Mm -hmm. in her space of because she worked in government and they've always tried to push her and sabotage her job because someone that's black deserves it because she's light-skinned and therefore closer she's to white. Black yeah, she's enough. not black enough. And um, that's also a part of the experience, I think, that is hard to, to talk about because historically, light-skinned people are treated better, just the way that, that mm-hmm. racism and, and mm-hmm. uh, white supremacy and all that kind of stuff works, not just in the States, but all over the world. Mm-hmm. But still, she did experience that. And so that is an intersectional experience that that <laughs> I, I don't even know where yeah. to begin because it's so personal. It makes me want to cry. It, just experiencing that as a as a mother struggling to make ends meet and then deal with that. I think shit. it really shows the need for policy, for activism, for everything to be more intersectional. Because if we don't look at the different aspects, the different kind of overlapping areas in people's identity and in groups experiences then we're gonna miss a lot of issues that they face uniquely i get so i'm kind of like bordering bordering on being very emotional because i bring this stuff up in my social circle my life all the time Mm -hmm. why because once you become aware of how deep this stuff goes how it affects people's lives where once you see it you can't unsee it. You can't unlearn yeah. it. And I see it in people's speech patterns to the to the point where I'm at work and I don't socialize with anyone anymore because I'm afraid that they will say something that's problematic and I will explode at them. And also because I don't want to be around the yeah. snake and she's now in my floor <laughs> and I, I can't stand her. Yeah. And so I can't be in that space anymore. I feel uncomfortable. And now I'm like, because... They're all white people, except the snake, but she's as good as white. They're all white people, and I don't relate to the same level. My experience isn't the same. I don't see any black people except the one guy, Mm -hmm. uh, Haitian, Canadian. But the rest of them are white people, and I can't connect with them at all. One of them is listening, and... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hello. (laughs) I think so. Um, It's Mr. Big, he's listening. But I, Ah. I don't feel comfortable, and it's not because of them. It's because of what I see. It's because of my traumas, my experience, not just my trauma, but something we'll speak about generational trauma. Yeah, no, that's a good point, because there are things that like even being aware and like picking up on certain types of oppression, you can miss out on others because that's not something that you experience. And it's not um like a malicious thing. It's just a lack of information or a lack of awareness or a lack of sensitivity to that like like you like i'll bring up these issues in my social circles with my friends like we talk about this we vent about this together 
But when it comes to things like disability rights or like yeah. in what ways are we privileged by being able-bodied, by not having to worry about am I going to be able to like make it up the steps? Am I going to be able to go inside this building based on my mobility requirements? Like am I going to be able to safely go from point A to B with like public transportation? Oof. Like all of these things that I don't realize in my daily life. Like I don't think it means that you're a bad person if you're unaware of mm. privilege but when you do become aware of it you should at least not minimize how significant that is you shouldn't dismiss someone else's experience just because you haven't experienced right. the same thing we are living in a country notorious for hiding the disabled people oh my god that's a whole <laughs> other issue that's like <laughs> um take that a drink. yeah i'll take a drink of that whiskey uh i i it's getting harder and people kind of say you should just let go or don't think about it but i can't like <laughs> it's it's literally who i am is when i see that kind of thing happening it doesn't go away maybe i'm being paranoid maybe i don't i don't know it's just I it's a really like difficult part of <laughs> just be less sensitive is the same thing or yeah. equatable to saying like just don't exist like that it's just, like how do i if i knew how to do that then i would but i can't so i'm I'm here. <laughs> I'm here, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's such a weird space to be in. It's like a very select few people who don't mind speaking about this stuff and hashing it out and talking about it. And I've come to the belief that if you are not actively for equality on all fronts, as much as you can be, then you are passively for discrimination. Yeah, what was that? So this came out of... Well, it didn't come out of the me too movement and like the sarah ever but it was highlighted but it again. was highlighted again again because of recent events a lot of men have been speaking out i don't know how much how genuinely but they have been saying like you know i used to think that as long as i wasn't committing rape as long as i wasn't part of the problem actively then i was part of the solution but no, no. you need to be actively calling out your friend's behaviors when you see it happening like you're at a bar or you're or you're like out in public and you see someone making a woman uncomfortable like if you don't step up and try and distract this the other person or like you know or make the woman feel more comfortable exactly. or the other person yeah or, like, at least indicate to her that, like, someone is watching and that, like, make the person who is harassing her feel uncomfortable, then you're not part of any solution. You're just there. Since I realized how certain jokes are just so sexist, um, mm. whenever someone makes a joke like that, I'm like, nah, -uh, because you have a mom. You have a sister, maybe. You definitely had a mom. I don't like that rhetoric, though, that, like, you have a mom, you have a sister, you don't have a daughter. Don't make that kind of jokes. Because it's, like, why do you need that Why step? do you need that? Yes, exactly. Why can't it just be, like, she That's is a, a person, being. too. That's right. She is a human, so no, right. you should not be doing that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like the politicians that are like, as a father of two daughters, I deeply regret, blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah. bro. You were not thinking about them, and even if you had been thinking about them, you wouldn't care. No, yeah, you're 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 correct. I just I think I use that because I'm like maybe if they can think at it from like, oh wait, what if someone is saying that about my mom? What mm -hmm. if someone is saying that about my daughter one day? What if someone is saying, how would you feel? Maybe that's that's the reason I use for it. But mm -hmm. now that you say that, I'm like, yeah, it should be because yeah. they're human, not because they're someone's mother or daughter. 
like it centers it back on like whatever male figure it, yeah exactly it's in, in that yeah. woman's life to be like that's why she has value and i'm like fuck that no <laughs> this like the news this week has been horrible and people could say that you just just don't watch it just it's don't look bleak. at the news but dude <laughs> so my options are like be tuned into the world and feel just empty and depressed right <laughs> and just like no energy and very deeply disappointed in the state of human beings or mm-hmm. check out and know that it's out there but not have to see it like how is that better but then you're you're <laughs> then we're not then we're yeah like making those people invisible and their suffering and their their reality we're just ignoring that and then perpetuating more of that happening it's like the 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 i think she's chinese the grandmother who got beaten up by the white guy mm-hmm. um for no fucking reason of course yeah. other than the fact that he's a fucking white man and then she fought back and then the police come and the, i mean the ambulance or the paramedics come and who do they help of course the younger white man the man that is like a smooth 30 or 20 years younger than she is like how does that net how black people asian people have not bought bought all the guns in Walmart and just fucking went on a rampage killing white people. I do not know because I feel like doing that. Because we don't feel the entitlement to public spaces and other people's lives. That's, I'm going to stop there. No, but that's that's <laughs> that's that's literally it. Mm. That is literally it because that guy that's went and um, killed eight people and six of them being um, Asian, women. Asian women. What did the policeman say? He had a bad day. He was feeling it. He had a bad day. Um, he didn't want to be tempted because he's tempted by Asian women. And then we go into the whole fetishizing Asian women. Over-sexualization. Over-sexualization, which is a part of dominance, which is yeah, part of... It's regarding other living human beings as objects for your sexual desires rather than as like people. Human beings. For that white man to stand there and say that he had a bad day... And you for know what? Him he to was be arrested without incident, without not a single, not a single Actually, shot you know what was they did? fired. They probably said, "Do you want a juicy juice? Can we get you anything? Do you want a vegan meal? Do you want meal? McDonald's? Do you want what do you want before you go do down you want the a station? Water? Let's, let's let's go get you something, okay? Let's oh, make you as comfortable oh. as possible because you just happen to lack all sense of melanin. Oh my God! Yeah, it's just. <laughs> I don't even know like usually we I bring in some kind of comedy or my my comedic side of my personality mm. comes out but there is nothing I want to add on fuck white media because oh god yes they so I don't know if it's been corrected yet but they got two of the vi- two of the victims names wrong of course they did because they didn't bother to fucking check what so oh. it may have been a typo but even oh, so oh, fuck off you should be correctly looking at like what are the people's names involved and if you can get what was it like what was the shooter's name like some like it was like robert something something but like they got his first name middle name last name correct all correct spelled correctly like correctly Steven, referring to him i don't know something. whatever i don't give a fuck, fuck some white name <laughs> <laughs> but like can't be bothered to check if the victim's names are spelled correctly, if they're being respectfully identified. It is a symptom and a result of years of years of years of years that white people have refused to learn the names of people who are not white 
and then they pronounce them on purpose incorrectly. That just means that, honey, your whole life you've only ever had to speak one language. <laughs> so that just shows your privilege all the way from here till. I am so tired. Honestly, <laughs> I am tired, and, and I am deeply tired. <laughs> I'm tired of having to explain and talk about this with people to the point where I'm like, if I don't, then people don't know. And if I do, then people get annoyed with me for always speaking about this kind of stuff. What to do? <laughs> Ways that I have found this week to keep my sanity, A, staying away from the white people at work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> B was, I guess it was, um, I learned that, you know, the thing where you said you um, take walks a lot for like yeah. if you feel stressed or anxious. Yeah, or, yeah. Um, that is actually like a neurological trick that's something that actually is meant to depress a certain um, hormone that's being secreted in your head the act of moving forward makes your eyes move at a horizontal uh, from left to right and um, that stimulates some kind of suppression or the secretion of another hormone that makes you feel the opposite of whatever like if you're depressed it helps elevate your mood and it's also like a, it's a beautiful, like, um, kind of like metaphor, like you're moving through a problem, mm-hmm. you're like moving on. Yeah. And so doing that is actually a neurological thing that you're doing. Um, so I guess just randomly in the middle of our talk, <laughs> something that you could do if you feel stressed is do what DJ does. Go for a lot of walks. Yeah. And keep your eyes like forward and, yeah. and take in your surroundings. If you're in Korea, if you're listening from Korea, then the weather lately has been Great. absurdly beautiful. I know. <laughs> Just like illogically beautiful. Maybe it's it's supposed to be that way. You know, with like COVID Maybe. restricting a lot of the world's, I mean, the way we destroy the planet. The, <laughs> the planet's like, oh, hey, I can breathe for a while. <laughs> oh, hey, guys, I'm back. I'm back. Uh, little does she know, just for a little bit, uh-huh. at the moment everyone gets vaccinated, it uh-huh. is full force. Because now everyone's like, we got to make up for that GDP we lost in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like speaking about this kind of stuff is... It's heavy, and I'm sure that we have glossed over a lot of things that we could, and we could go on for so long about intersectionality and 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 I don't know what is yours. Do do you have an experience with that? Like I'm sure you intersectionality? do. Intersectionality. Yeah, like discrimination in terms of like how you intersect as a human being. I mean, I feel like everyone has their own experiences. It's just a matter of identifying them either after they happen or like right. in the moment. Yeah, but. Definitely, there are times when I'm realizing more privilege, in Korea at least. Like, I have studied abroad, I speak English fluently. Oh, and that gives um, you a level of privilege. That gives me a level of job advantage or mm-hmm. privilege where some people might not have the same security. Yeah, in some ways that comes out as part of my identity. And then, like, when I was in the States, like in college, there were also a lot of experiences where I was like, oh, this isn't just like sexism this is sexism plus racism many different experiences like <laughs> yeah. um i guess what would mine be homophobia not so much um definitely there is a kind of like a an insecurity that comes from being mixed race mm-hmm. um and knowing that i've received privilege for having this light skin and also having had experiences that is racist and racism um especially and i keep saying this a lot especially if i do hang out in spaces where white people are and they don't know i'm not white and they say fucked up shit around me 
it's like I take it personal because of my meanness. <laughs> so um, it's hard to talk about because after like talking about the trauma thing last week, yeah. a lot of stuff started coming up. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I've, I've spoken about this to some people, but for some reason, speaking it into the mic and putting it out into the world has triggered it like feels stuff. different. It feels so different. And I've been having these intense dreams and mm-hmm. stuff. I'm like, okay, <laughs> where is a therapist? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I feel like I'm recalling this moment more and more now. Yeah. And you've kind of brought it more to the forefront. Forefront, yeah. And like the details start getting fuzzy and clear at the same time. Yeah. And so that kind of thing gets very, ugh, I, don't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I think that's a good thing to keep in mind with intersectionality, though, is that like because of the ways that people's identities, their realities intersect. Right. Just because you have trauma from being a person of color in a predominantly like white supremacist world yeah, or from being a woman in a very patriarchal society and you have this trauma doesn't mean that you also have access to ways of reducing that trauma or yep. addressing the issues. We can bring them to the forefront, but how do we, how do we go about finding solutions? And like how do we work towards preventing them from happening on a large scale going forwards because me shouting at white people for being white <laughs> and that does not help yeah. anyone mm, i think that's where the really frustrating difficult part comes in because if intersectionality isn't part of policy making then which is beyond the scope of any like one individual yep then those policies are like doomed to fail because they don't actually address the real issues for people that face those problems because those policies aren't being made by people who are facing those problems. Or That's the point. even if they are, they're being made by people who face a limited scope of those right. problems. And they think that is the entirety of the problem. Which is why someone like Kamala Harris being in that position is a, a small beacon of it hope. Is. It's a small beacon of hope because, because she is so intersectional at that point. She's a woman of color. So up until she's now. She's Asian and black. Right. Maybe the measures that were meant to improve women's rights, improve their economic or social standing, they have been well-meaning and they may have been effective, but they were probably more geared towards white women. Yes. Because white women are the women who are kind of stereotypically or like they're what you picture when you think of like women's Equality. rights or <laughs> feminism and they shouldn't be not because like white women don't deserve it but because there are so many different types of women black women asian women gay women like non-binary women trans women and if you're only looking at how to help women from a very narrow perspective of picturing a certain type of woman then all of those other women get left out maybe what you're suggesting or maybe what the policy is proposing is actually harmful to those women yeah or is out of their reach because of language barriers or educational opportunities or socioeconomic status the the article that i sent you mapping the margins and it's by kimberly crenshaw who coined the term intersectionality intersectionality, she's very active right now with um like say her name and african-american policy forum she was basically saying in this article that the way that a lot of like battered women or like domestic violence shelters were being run they weren't reaching out to a lot like a huge demographic of women because they weren't 
accounting for language barriers or for immigration status, like just sheer physical barriers of not being able to get to a shelter because they don't have the financial means to have a car or to navigate public transportation. the shelter isn't close to their... Exactly neighborhood or and so if the all of these shelters are being made and people are looking at it like oh that's such an accomplishment for women's rights in actuality it's not helping everyone that it could be helping if you don't have access to it or even i don't know even know about it because sometimes people in those situations that need it don't even know that the shelter is because maybe they don't have the english skills to be able to go online and be like where can i get help they can't get in touch with someone at the shelter and be like, hey, I have these questions. Can you answer them? Because they don't speak English. Or they have like a very vulnerable visa situation where their spouse can control everything about their existence in that country. I don't know. This is So like a... if those approaches, if those corrections or like measures aren't intersectionally minded, then they're not going to, they're not really helping everyone that they should be. Right. For some reason, I just thought of like House of Cards. Have you, have you seen House of Cards? Mm-hmm. Claire Hale becomes president. Mm-hmm. She like fires all the cabinet members mm-hmm. and replaces them with like women like on a spectrum from white to to Asian to black to whatever, like mm-hmm. all of it all together. And I'm just like that moment mm-hmm. was such a powerful moment because I may be biased towards and I, I've checked my biases. I'm I'm biased towards women, black women. Uh, yeah, like friends, people, mm-hmm. humans that I like to associate with. <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> that's just how I'm biased because of how because of my life experience. Is it unfair of me to say that having women in positions of power and making policies may help steer things in the right direction? I don't think that's a bias. There's evidence to back that up okay because i don't know the evidence but yeah. i'm just thinking oh my god the the time for the mil- middle-aged white man has long expired because if like you Prince don't philip <laughs> <laughs> like if you don't experience certain things if you don't even have an awareness of those things then how are you going to make legislation how are you going to help out in reducing the problems associated with that thing Oh yeah, like, like like for example, pro-choice or whatever that that pro-choice or pro-life. You know, if men could get pregnant, you would be able to get an abortion at an ATM. I'm like remembering this <laughs> meta thread that I read one time that Ooh. just made me very angry. It was like this woman was working in a congressman's office, so oh, she yeah? was like a like an aide to a no. congressman. Oh my god! And she was on her period, and so she had to repeatedly like get up and go to the bathroom to change her pad, and he was like why do you keep leaving your desk? And she explained it to him. She's like, I'm on my period, so I have to I have to go, thinking that would be enough to explain to him, like, I'm going so that I can change my sanitary, you know, items, whatever. And he was like, can take care can't you just hold it in until the end of the day? <laughs> and she had to look this man straight in his face, this like 50-something-year-old man, and be like, no, because then I will bleed all over this chair and you will need to get it reupholstered. Oh, no. If and then she- he like let her go after that, but he was embarrassed about it and like kind of yeah. turned it back on her to be like, oh, well, you didn't th- you didn't need to say it like that. Okay, gaslighting. Um, th- <laughs> and, and you know what the fucked up thing is? If, she, if that had happened and she 
did bleed all over the chair, he would have probably taken that out of her paycheck. Yeah, he would have been like, that's gross. Obviously, this man doesn't understand menstruation. He doesn't understand. And why you don't understand menstruation when that's literally explained to you in high school? How is that man going to effectively make policies that help women? And why is... When he doesn't understand menstruation. (laughs) why, Why do men get any vote on what happens with a woman's body that is the first question mm. <laughs> why, why mm. the fact I'm, I'm <laughs> i guess it's a whole other thread that we're going into but that isn't that the whole point about intersectionality Ooh, yeah it has been a it's been a week and i hope the next week is much better because this week for me was really really not low good. low expectations yeah i didn't get to go to the gym as much i started going in the morning yeah i have been very kind of self seclusion not on social media because i don't feel the need to like bombard myself with everything that is happening when you know i can manage like i can control how much exposure i have it is also important to st- to realize this is actually not good for me right now. Yeah. And I need to turn it off. It's important to manage your own mental health and be aware of like how much is necessary to be like updated with the news and be aware of what's going on and how much is like too much for you to handle in a healthy way. It's it's a reality that we all face and things like this happening um, help us come together for equality and it makes it sound like like in my mind i'm trying to be very careful not to say against white people and it's not against white people it's against white supremacy Mm -hmm. but like i said before not all white people are are racist but white supremacy upholds all white people whether you're racist or not anyway so what's the tea (laughs) that is the tea and (laughs) and um what did you do this week? So you did the... Um, I stayed away from like scrolling. Right. Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> I basically just kind of interacted with friends and with pages that I know. Yeah. They have cute animals. And I, I, <laughs> I needed that kind of mental eye bleach. Well, um, mental eye bleach. I love that. <laughs> eye bleach, mental bleach, mental eye bleach. <laughs> yeah. Mm, I think I can't say that I was very good to my mental health this week. Oh, really? Yeah. I, th- I don't. I, maybe it was just the circumstance, like the situation and just all of the news. Feeling overwhelmed. Yeah, feeling overwhelmed. I did check in with a couple friends just to see how they were feeling. And then that ended up being very, yeah, making sure like they're okay. I'm okay. We're okay. Right as okay as we can be right now i did look into a lot of like resources ways to contribute and i think we'll have those in the show notes oh right in the episode description nice yeah we'll do that um yeah and just ways to work towards more cooperation yeah more elimination of white supremacy i yeah, I had something to say and just completely lost. What did you do for your <laughs> mental health? Um, one thing that I was very proud of, uh, you know how, was it Lube Your Expectations? Where I mm, spoke about yeah. the, the um, when I realized that I was feeling hurt or sad and I pulled out Instagram yeah. as a distraction. Um, since that day, I have not scrolled. And it has been almost three weeks now and I'm very proud of that. Oh, it was good. Claps. Uh, a slow claps, exactly. I did obviously post the queen. <laughs> on my stories as was fitting because wasn't that dress just fucking just wow 
um, both of them. You know what was hilarious when someone tweeted uh, like the picture of mm-hmm. Beyonce and Jay Z, and then they say <laughs> the bit be- the the best rapper in the world next to Jay Z. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen those pictures of Beyonce shaking hands with President Obama and someone captioned it, the leader of the free world shaking <laughs> hands with President Obama? <laughs> you have to love the hype. Yeah. You just, it's, it's, you know, stuff like that. I think I did scroll on Twitter and I found stuff like that and it was hilarious. It mm. was awesome. Um, what else did I do for my mental health? Um, yeah, kind of like knowing that I am not in a good space to interact with people and therefore not adding to their like stress or anything in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, what was annoying though is that um, my at work I'm being bothered by a very loud neighbor, <laughs> mm. <laughs> kind of like here, but this neighbor has stopped, mm-hmm. and I've and I've had to like ask them to be like, hey, can you keep it down? Because I'm like teaching, and it's kind of like annoying, and I can hear every single detail of the conversations they're having, oh. and and it's great, have your fun, like yeah. you know, but. I'm also teaching and it's kind of distracting, especially also, if I can hear. This is and the a kids. workplace. This is a workplace. Have your fun, have your coffee, whatever. Have, yeah. But if I can hear you scream laughing like a banshee next to me, I it's it's kind of dis- disruptive. Go somewhere else and do that then. I, yeah, kind of like, I don't know. So I felt very like, um, I'm like, I can't like speak up about it because I feel like I am taking away their time for joy. But at the same time, it is bothering me. So what do you do? Yeah. So that was kind of hard to do, but I did tell them and they kind of stopped. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Anyway, um, guys, I hope you do something this week for your mental health. Yeah, uh, take please care re- of yourself. Something simple as like DJ walking <laughs> um, as much as she can. <laughs> and um, what did I... And also, oh, I was massaging my feet every day this week and I felt amazed and wonderful. Oh, and I also wore my cologne to bed every day. Ooh. And I love it. <laughs> yeah, do um, something do something nice for yourself. Take some effort to, like, educate yourself. Yeah. You know, go out there, look into, read some stuff you haven't read before. And please, for God's sake, if you're a white person um, and you go ask a black person about anything race-related... I think, like, you have to go do your own research. Don't ask anyone mixed or black or anyone to explain to you why something is racist. Um, Because we're kind of tired of doing it. (laughs) Adding on to that, like, a note to the white people. Don't just check in with your Asian friends to show that you're checking in and then not follow up or not take the initiative to do your own research and be like, oh, I understand why this is a problem. Like, if you're checking in and your means of checking in is like, hey, are you okay? What's going on right now? That's not helping. No, and that's that's just, it's close to performative allyship because at some point you will get exhausted for being a fake ally and you will just go back to living your own bubbled experience yeah so if you're just gonna do that then just don't do it just don't do it that's the, <laughs> actually that is a great way it's like if you if you're gonna try but be half-assed about it because let's face it your privilege has a, has allowed you to not put in a lot of effort <laughs> we're gonna we can go on and on again or if you're just gonna try because you want people to see that you're trying then performative allyship Thank you. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, guys, if anything we said um, related with you, please send this episode along to someone. 
We are on Spotify, Google, Apple, all, all the all the platforms, yeah. all the socials. All the socials, actually just mainly Instagram and Twitter, <laughs> but we're still trying to grow our followership. But, you know, the followership doesn't really matter t- that much for me. It's more about what we talk about. Yeah. Anyway, so have a wonderful week. Um, don't get angry at anyone. <laughs> and if you do, that's or also do. okay. Or do. <laughs> Or do I think I'm saying that because I'm angry at people for no reason. No, no, there's reason, but I can't express that. I mean, I can express the reason, but it's just I can't express it health in a healthy way. I just want to explode at people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Um, goodbye. Have a great day. Bye.